Cicada serenade. There's cicadas on the sidewalk. Cicadas on the ground. They look like a little tiny Jonestown. Now I wouldn't want nothing to go to waste. So I was wondering how a cicada might taste. Cicada, potato, sounds the same. Let them go to waste and be a crying shame. So I got a couple hundred of them. Took them inside. I got a little ketchup and I ate them french fried. I ate each one without hesitation. The next thing you know I was hallucinating, freaking out. Cicada serenade, freaking out. Cicada serenade, I was out of my mind. My head was in a fog. Next thing you know I was as a dog. My friends stopped over, they said, let's get high. I said, no way, so they said, bye-bye. Now, I don't need no lovely, no leaf or no cocaine, because I still got them cicadas buzzing round in my brain. So eat your cicadas with every snack, because they can also help you say no to crack. Bugs, not drugs. Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore welcome to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. Guess what? You are listening to your community spirit. And why do I call it your community spirit? Because you, hopefully, are part of this community and you have the spirit to continue to be a part of this community. And the community that is Carbondale, which is part of the Big Muddy, what, bioregion? Yes. <laughs> um, the Big Muddy Watershed, and that happens to be part of Illinois, which happens to be part of the United States of America, which happens to be part of North America. You know where I'm going with this. Which happens to be part of the world, which happens to reside on this great big ball we call Earth. Yes. <laughs> and, surprisingly enough, Earth happens to be part of the universe. It does. So so I've heard anyway. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And I am so hyped up. Last week I went to this training. The Climate Project, Al Gore's Climate Project, put on this training. And the idea was to train about a thousand people. And, well, a thousand people worldwide. They got over 5,000 people. Well, they quit accepting applications at about 5,000 people huh. um, because, well, in no way were they actually prepared to train, I don't know, even in the beginning they weren't prepared to train anybody because they hadn't actually planned on a training. What happened is the movie Inconvenient Truth came out and people wanted to do something. Um, and they started emailing and they started calling and they started, well, I guess bugging Al Gore, what can we do? So he started the climate project. He had his uh, chief of staff um, start the climate project. And um, originally the climate project was just educational, just to let people know more information that pertains to the climate crisis. And he happened to be on a show and the 
the host asked him, what would you really like to do? He said, well, I plan to train 30 hand-picked people to continue doing this presentation. He's like, no, what would you really like to do? Well, I would love to train like a thousand people. <laughs> and then he went back the next day and he told his chief of staff, well, we're going to train a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and sure enough, it happened. Yeah, so they partnered with the National Wildlife Federation and put together a training. And, well, the majority of the training was Al Gore did his presentation, which they show a portion of it in the movie, The Inconvenient Truth. And then after that, well, went through and explained each slide, why it's in there. And now I have the ability to do this presentation myself and, you know, take sections out of it. I mean, it's about two hours long and, you know, not everybody's going to want to see a two-hour uh, slideshow about, well, global warming and the climate crisis. But um, there are sections on, well, pretty much everything you can possibly think of. The, the part that was really interesting to me was the health section, yeah. where there is a resurgence of old diseases, um, and then there's new diseases. I mean, like resurgence of malaria. Yeah, that's the one I've heard the most about. And then obvious. E. coli is now. E. coli has always been around. I mean, we actually have in our body more bacterial cells than we have human cells. You don't really want to know that, but it's true. It's true. It's there. <laughs> and But because of um, the warmer winters now, E. coli has not been killed off each winter, and it has actually morphed, that's what I understand, into a more vigilant yes. bacteria. Superbug, as, so. they call it, as the kids are calling them these days. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you have happenings, let us know because I understand this is a happening area. You have a happening? That was my happening of the week, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have a, I guess it qualifies news since it's already something that happened, but um, there was a, a protest at the Town Square Pavilion uh, yesterday at 4.30, and it was in response to the speech that Bush gave the night before, where he said that they were gonna send over 20,000 new troops to Iraq, I want to clear, clarify that. He's not actually sending 20,000 new troops. Mm -hmm. He is extending the duty of ones that are already there and then sending old ones back again for another tour of duty. Okay. Because there isn't 20,000 yeah, new troops. Yeah, there's no place that he can magically pull 20,000 new troops out of. Unless they instigate the, the draft. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't go there. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were about... Uh, about 25 or so people there, and uh, I actually reported on it for the IMC as well. And I didn't get any photos, but I do have a two-minute uh, audio interview with Margie Parker of the Peace Coalition. Uh, we could get to that in a moment if you'd like to hear that. But uh, it was it was pretty good. It was I was impressed to see that many people turn out on such short notice. You know, because he gave the speech at eight o'clock p.m. the night before, and then by 4.30 the next day, there were 25 people out there with signs about it. And I understand while I was gone, they actually did the 3,000 um, U.S. soldiers' death. They had a vigil for the 3,000 soldiers who have died. Yeah, they did that too. I didn't make it to that, but uh, I made it to this one. So, Also in happenings, um, tomorrow, which is already 
the middle of January. It's yes. Saturday, January 13th. You can tell by the 55 degree weather outside. <laughs> it was it was what 59 when I went to bed at nine o'clock last night. Yeah, I went to bed early. Yeah. When I went to bed at midnight, it was uh, 55. <laughs> it's like oh, <laughs> so introduction to homeopathy. I almost pronounced that right. <laughs> um, this is at the neighborhood co-op grocery tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. Looking for an alternative to conventional medicine? Join this class and get an overview of homeopathy, a healing method that has been used for over 200 years all around the world. Homeopathy treats element, man, this is a little, elements with microdoses of minerals, micro, uh, micro, Minerals, uh, botanicals, and microbiological substances. I don't know about biological substances. What? That's. I think all natural sounds better than biological substances. But anyway, this is tomorrow from three to five p.m. at the neighborhood co-op grocery. So. Yes. Yeah, and they're having a whole new series of classes now at the start of the new year. Yeah, I have other classes. There's also on January 27th. The Art of Living Breath Seminar. And then on Friday, January 26th, a three-course meal on a budget. And this chef is, well, a pretty prominent chef. Graduate from the Cordon Bleu School in Paris. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm considering doing a class myself in February or March, but I've got a couple ideas of what to do and haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'll get with it. Yeah, i got to get with it. Send so, your suggestions to me. <laughs> let's see. Did you want to do that? Uh, yeah. Like, well, let's see. We could either go to our musical interlude, or we could play that uh, two-minute uh, interview with Margie Parker. Probably two-minute interview. Okay. I want to hear that. Let me cue that up. So if you've got one more tidbit there. I will do a little quick news. Um, one of the things that I learned in the slideshow, there was a slide that said, um, although the U.S. hasn't signed, the U.S. and um, Australia are the only two industrialized nations that haven't signed the Kyoto Protocol. There are 360 cities and something like six states that have individually signed the Kyoto Protocol. Let's see. All right, you ready? Yep, ready to go. Could you tell us your name and a little bit about why you're out here today? I'm Margie Parker. I'm with the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois, and I'm out here today to protest President Bush's decision to send more troops to Iraq. I'm really disappointed that he has ignored the advice of the Iraq study group and decided to, to go this route of increasing the troop strength. Our Peace Coalition has been out here demonstrating um, for peace for over five years now, since long before we went to war, when it appeared that that might be the direction we were heading. We don't believe that war is the answer to any conflict, and in particular, as it's known now, the reasons given for going to this war were false. And it is it's just 
so sad to see the destruction and the loss of life on both sides that have occurred as a result. Now, the speech that he gave that you're referring to was just given last night, and it looks like you've gotten a good turnout based on that. There's about 25 people out here. How did you get the word out to these people? We have an email network, and just one message last night turned out all these people, and we're really pleased that, um, and think it's an indication of sentiment against the war. Our weekly vigils, which started usually with six to ten people, now regularly bring out 15 to 20 every Saturday, rain or shine, hot or cold, and it really is a measure of how strongly people feel and how much they want to express that to others to try to raise consciousness um, that, again, that war is not the answer, that we want the troops brought home, that we want to see a peaceful resolution. So have the passers-by also been supportive? Yes, right. We have had many cars um, honking and waving, and we feel that we are expressing what many other people feel, um, it, that we are a small representation of the great sentiment for seeing an end to the war. All right. Well, thank you for your time, and uh, thank you for all the work that you do as well. Thank you for being here, too. That was an interview Tree Song did well last night about the group of people who came out in protest of the... I, I like what they said there. It wasn't um, bringing more troops in. It was, she said, increased troop strength. And basically they're extending the duty of um, troops that are in Iraq and having other groups um, re... What is it? Um, do a re another tour of duty. Yeah. So. so we will get to the news now because there is actually stuff that happens in the world. Oh yeah, it's it's a busy world out there for better or worse. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to say out there. Out We're there, part of the world. Out there and in here. Yeah, out there in Radio Land. <laughs> so I was talking a little bit. Um, May or may not, report questions whether U.S. cities will meet Kyoto targets. The carbon reduction blame game isn't limited to the federal level. Nearly 360 U.S. mayors vowed that their cities would meet Kyoto Protocol standards, but a sampling of 10 cities reveals that they are not on track to accomplish their goals, according to a new report. The mayors involved in the U.S. Mayor's Climate Protection Agreement represent a population of over 54 million from cities in every state, but Metropolis Light, um, South Dakota. Many, quote, will miss their goals by a wide margin, quote, end quote, unless additional state and federal climate policies are put into effect, says a nonprofit institute for local self-reliance. Why kick them when they're down? Quote, we wanted to make sure that the cities that join this effort understand what they're getting into, says report author John Bailey. They encourage creative local solutions and steeper upfront investment. Those working to reduce emissions in cities subject to the criticism claiming, um, object to the criticism claiming is just too soon to tell. Straight to the source, Seattle Post Intelligencer, the 10th of January, 2007. Hmm. Uh, so let's see. I've got to jump out to this one since it's related to uh, an inconvenient truth that you were just talking about. Frosty the No-Man, Washington School Board, 
puts a moratorium on an inconvenient truth. First sex, now science? What will they tell the kids about next? The parents of a high schooler in Federal Way, Washington, have complained to the district school board about a teacher's plan to screen Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth. And the board has put a moratorium on the film. Quote, condoms don't belong in the school and neither does Al Gore. What? <laughs> that, that's Al Gore and condoms? I never thought that'd be a quote that uh, appeared in this. That's one of those classic quotes you can't make up. Condoms don't belong in school and neither does Al Gore, said irked father Frosty Hardison. Quote, the Bible said that in the end times, everything will burn up, but the perspective isn't on the DVD. While the moratorium allows teachers to show the film if they present an opposing view, co-producer Lori David expressed frustration with the first in the nation truth scuffle. Quote, there is no opposing view to science. <laughs> and the facts are clear that global warming is here now. What do the students think? Quote, I think that a movie like that is a really great way to open people's eyes up about what you can do and what you are going and what you are doing to the planet and how that's going to affect the human race, said one student. Ah, from the mouths of babes. Straight to the source, Seattle Post Intelligencer, 11th of January, 2007. And uh, the producers of that film, um, Paramount, actually offered to give 50,000 copies to a very large school. Um, it's like this, the teachers' union, um, I forgot now the name of the organization, but they, they refused to accept it. They said it's a political gift. And then um, reporters dug deeper, and they found out that the primary sponsor of that organization was ExxonMobil. Yeah. ExxonMobil provided multitude of literature, and I mean, basically, um, what ExxonMobil does is they provide like a poster about energy. Yeah. And then in the very bottom right-hand corner, there's a logo that says ExxonMobil. Yeah. And brought to you by, and they provide free literature to. Um, this teacher organization. Yeah, it's like educational stuff, like this is how your power system works, and then it's quietly put out by Exxon. <laughs> and unfortunately, um, that was a big talk at this conference, that a lot of people perceive this as a political issue. Mm -hmm. Now, if Al Gore wanted to run for president, he could pick almost anything less controversial <laughs> than this issue. Yeah. I mean, this is something he's been talking about for over 20 years. I mean, actually, when he ran for political office, he talked about it less because it was so controversial. Yeah. So. Well, I think it's starting to get less controversial than it was. Although, uh, I don't know, there's, I just saw this movie last night, it was last night it was in the theaters, uh, called Jesus Camp. And it's about, uh, uh, like, you know, a children's camp for evangelicals. and. You know, there are many aspects of it that I really liked the movie because it was a good documentary, but I really didn't like the camp. <laughs> and uh, one, of the, one of the many flaws I saw going on there was the way they were, you know, children are so young, they're five, six, seven, and they're already uh, convincing them to ignore all evidence of global warming and to not pay attention to what science has to say on the matter. You know, it's fine to have divergent perspectives, but it was just kind of scary to see them consciously trying to raise this army. They used the word army to try to raise this army of children to 
go out there and fight against these causes. Yeah. Now, um, there is actually, the Climate Project actually has a, a slide presentation specifically for evangelicals. Yeah, I I'd mean, like to see the debate, you know. I mean, I, basically all it is is it just has a lot of biblical quotes in it versus the regular presentation. The quotes are from, like, prominent, you know, industrialists and Mark Twain. Yeah, so. yeah. Because I'd like to see the debate more, because I know we've done stories on the evangelicals who want to take action on climate change, and then there's the ones who want to take action against, you know, those. So I wonder if there is discussion going on. Hopefully, just, I mean, in all aspects, there's discussion going on. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole idea. I mean, discussion this, this, is is, this is America. The idea of America is, well, free speech. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime someone says your way is not the right way, there is not free speech. So, yeah. So everybody who's listening, your way is not not. <laughs> so, haul out the halter tops. It's official. 2006 was the warmest ever for the contiguous US. In 2006, the contiguous US experienced this warming year warmest year since records began in 1895 also the year of the first volleyball game who knew huh. every state in the lower 48 had average temperatures above well average new jersey hit the highest temperature ever and actually three days ago it was 75 degrees in new york city huh. i was just like whoa pretty strange the u.s also logged the fourth warmest december little surprise the east coast folks who hadn't been frolicking among cherry blossoms hmm. actually I have a, fl a flowering bush um, what is it snowball bush it's called flowers in my front yard that started blooming yeah this week I've been seeing dandelions too Woo! yeah a couple nationwide residents have used 13.5 percent less energy for heat than usual this quote-unquote winter now that nine years in a row have landed, landed in the top 25 years ever for the lower 48, even officials would admit something's going on. Burning of fossil fuels is causing an increase in greenhouse gases, and there's a broad scientific consensus that it is producing climate change, says Jay Larimore of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which released the data. He added, the expectation that temperatures will continue to warm in the U.S. and globally. Well, who would have thunk? <laughs> it's like... Straight to the source, the Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, the 10th of this January 2007. Uh, maybe I really will be growing avocado trees here in southern Illinois. <laughs> we shall see. Let's see, another news. Well, I've got to read this one both because it's a story about uh, vegan beer and because it has the green man is the name of the vegan beer. <laughs> and I really like the green man. <laughs> Who's so, the green man? Uh, the green man, he's like... Uh, He's a spiritual guy. He's basically like the the man of the woods who like lives out in the woods and is all green and foliage. Uh, I could talk about him for an hour, but that'd be another show. Okay. <laughs> He's a nature spirit. <laughs> and speaking of nature spirits, we have some spirits from nature. <laughs> green man. Uh, organic vegan beer. A vegan friend has had to limit her choice of beer to just a couple of brands because the majority of beer is filtered through fish bladders or at least the uh, 
Isinglass? Is that how you say that word? <laughs> Found in such things. She would love Green Man beer. Not only is it brewed from organic ingredients, but it is also free of added sugars and fish intestines. Did you know that? That it's like what fish? I think fish bones. They pour a beer over fish bones, like yeah. burn fish bones to like filter it. Yeah, for fil filtration. I've heard about that actually. But there's a lot of you know vegans who can't drink most beers because of that. Yeah. And I, I bet a lot of people wouldn't drink it if they knew. Yeah, if they knew, you know, the weird things that they do. Okay, and they also they also use their bottles. And that's right, used beer bottles are collected, washed, sanitized, and sent out with a fresh brew inside of them. You can choose from a lager, bitter, or dark mild. And they're even available online at a place called By Nature. So uh, that's really interesting to hear about. It's the Green Man Brewery in what? Nether I Netherlands. I mean, not Netherlands. No, New, New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. yeah, I think NZ is New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> so Green Man is filled with natural spirits. <laughs> did Did you know this this article? Year of the Dragon, as in like dragging your feet. Yeah, dragging your feet. Year China has dragon. a cruddy echo year. Still sees big picture more clear than in the U.S. In China, officials are assessing their 2006 echo success. Um, actually, one of the things, I don't know if you're aware of this, but California just instigated higher um, fuel efficiency standards on their vehicles, and the big three auto industry are suing California saying, you cannot do that. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is the California standard still is not as high as the China standard. Yeah, <laughs> just funny. And it reminds you of that movie we're going to show soon, Who Killed the Electric Car? Oh, I want to see that. I've got it. I've got it. So, um, let's see what else. Tongue wrestling. In India, UK, and the US, climate change is cause for conflict. Climate challenges erupted all over the globe this week. In India, Prime Minister Man Mohan Singh told a group of 5,000 scientists that the developing world, quote, cannot afford to ape the West in terms of its environmentally wasteful lifestyle, mm -hmm. adding that China must invest in alternative energy and research how climate change affects monsoons. I think they meant renewable energy. <laughs> in the UK, British Environmental Minister Ian Pearson and Michael O'Leary, CEO of a budget carrier Ryanair, sparred over the EU plan to curb airline emissions, with Pearson calling the company quote, the irresponsible face of capitalism and saying that O'Leary's opposition to the plan was completely off the wall. O'Leary countered that Pearson was, quote, silly. Ooh, ooh, Brit fight, Brit fight. In D.C., President Bush and German Chancellor Angela Merkel met to discuss several issues, including the Kyoto Protocol. Quote, I believe there is a chance now to put behind us the old stale debates of the past, Bush said. He concluded their press conference by muttering, no back rub, no back rub. No, really. He did. <laughs> did he really? I, I guess, because that's what I was trying to remember what the controversy was last time he met with her, and that's what it was. He, I forget, he, he either offered her back rub or started giving her back rub, and she, you know, got offended because, you know, that's just... Don't touch me. <laughs> okay. 
Um, straight to the source, International Herald Tribune, Associated Press, the 4th of January, The Garden, the BBC News, the 5th of January, Reuters and Daily India, and Indo-Asian News Service, the 3rd of January, 2007. We get our news from all over the place. Yes, all around the world. So, um, it, is, it is very awe-inspiring that two of the, I mean, both India and China um, are not considered industrialized nations yet. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't have to sign the Kyoto Protocol. But they are doing more stuff to curb carbon emissions than we are in the U.S. Yeah. So it's, it's a sign that hopefully they may have a different development path than we did. Well, I mean, um, you know, pollution is waste. And if you don't waste, you're making more money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just the simple... Um, what is it? Logical equation. Yeah, that's one of the reasons people should look into permaculture more. Because <laughs> permaculture does not even, you know, tolerate or acknowledge the whole idea of waste. Like throwing things away. Well, where is away? <laughs> yeah. I I th I threw in this other one about um, global warming. I don't think I gave uh, sent it to you, but this is called Enemy at the Gates. The Gate Foundation invests in polluting companies that undermine its health goals. Oh, no. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation actually spends more than a billion dollars a year now on promoting global health. But it invests million, billions more on, in polluting companies that cause health problems around the world. About 5% of the foundation's assets are dispersed in do-gooding grants each year, and the other 95% are invested. A Los Angeles Times series suggests that at least 41% of those investments are in companies that actually work counter to the foundation's charitable goals. For example, the foundation has invested $423 million into five petroleum megacorporations, leading to a variety of catch-22. As the foundation fights malaria, water stagnates in oil drilling holes, attracting disease-carrying mosquitoes. As the foundation fights cholera, oil, clogs, oil spills clog rivers and contribute to waterborne disease. As the foundation fights polio and measles, pollution from oil plants weakens children's immune systems, making them more susceptible to the very maladies. Yeah. A number of other foundations have started to trying to align their investments with their missions, but so far the Gates Foundation hasn't. Can anyone say, wake up, call? Shared to the source, Los Angeles Times, 7th of January, and the Los Angeles Times, the 8th of January, 2007. Well, it sounds like a sustainable business they've got on hand here. They, they cause all of this ill health, and then they have the solution as well. It's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but thinking ahead. <laughs> that's, that's very common for, um, you know, foundations put together by big business that they you know, they plan things good, but they don't think, you know, seriously about everything they do. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, part of it they were considered, you know, we're investing in these companies because they'll make us money to be able to do this other good stuff. But, you know, yeah. anyway. It's like one hand not knowing what the other is doing. <laughs> and um, a perfect example is Walmart now is going uh, sustainable in their energy use. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not, you know, doing fair trade anything or, you know, making it so that kids don't make their clothes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's sustainable means more than just energy. It does. <laughs> so,
any other titles you want to read? But otherwise, I think we're done. Yep, I think we're done. This this architect that developed this Mexican office tower without any air conditioning. That is, I was looking over that plan and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, natural and, ventilation and such. Yep, and then the other one was. Um, there's this trend in being able to download and print out games, toys, like they literally have it where, I mean, for example, the iPod, you yeah, download yeah. music, but they're making it so you can download um, games and download toys that you print out and then you, like with the paper, you fold it and make a toy <laughs> yeah. or... Um, you know, printed out on more of a thick cardboard and it's a game. So that's the future they're talking about. Yeah. Soon we'll have, um, like, little factories where you can just download the, the the thing and then the little factory makes the toy in your... Yeah. That, that sounds good. I've been thinking about that for books, too, because they've got this print-on-demand technology. So yeah. rather than shipping books all around the world, you just download it and then print it locally. Yeah. So, this, I hope, has been another exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. If you miss part of this, we actually have a website, and every once in a while we put the episodes up. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of them are still relevant because we talk about issues that are ongoing. Yeah, and it's got little descriptions of the episodes, too, so you can go back and say, well, let's see, which data did they talk about global warming? <laughs> <laughs> Every, <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> so um, that website is yourcommunityspirit.org, my website of the week. The website of Oil Addicts Anonymous. I am an oiladdict.org. <laughs> yes. So go there. Find the 12-step programs of Oil Addicts Anonymous. That's it. Have fun out there. <laughs>